0: All right. As as we get started this morning, um, uh, most of the year we are working through a book of scripture. We recently finished First and Second Samuel, um, and we will be jumping into a new book um, here in a couple weeks. Um, but we are we've taken just a, a few weeks here um, in between that as we end the summer, and we're we're looking at the, some of the core values of Redeemer. And so the difference is is obviously we will still be driven by scripture this morning but we'll be bouncing around a little bit more where we're typically kind of rooted in a a book and in a chapter looking at that um, in depth, just week after week after week. Um, And so we've been looking over the last few weeks, we've looked at the fact that Redeemer, we strive to be gospel-centered, that we want to be reflective of our community. Last week, Paul um, talked about how we are plural in leadership. And this morning, um, we're going to look um, at one of our core values here at Redeemer is that we're simple. And obviously, we can define that in a lot of ways, right? There may be a lot of words um, that come to mind there, but the first thing I just kind of want us to hit on is we we hear this idea initially um, is we we know there's not a verse that says, "Thou shalt be simple," right like that's not um, something that we turn to in scripture and so really, what this idea that we're going to try to encompass this morning is that there's some overarching kind of implications of scripture. Um, and that ultimately we want to know God, and we, want to, and we want to help make Him known to others. And the idea of simplicity is how do we get there most quickly? Right? How do we cut through all the, um, all the pomp and all the circumstance that can come with church so that we can know God and make Him known? That's really the heart behind that this morning. Um, and so let me, let me just start by saying, when we say that we want to be a simple church, it doesn't mean that we want to be cheap, doesn't mean that we want to be lazy, that we don't want to, to take the time and energy to plan. Um, it, it is simply a desire for people to meet with Jesus clearly, um, completely, always, right and to make him known. Um, we, we know though that sometimes churches um, and even in our own hearts, we can have this fear that if we meet with God in prayer, um, through song, through his people, we can fear that he might be quiet, that he might not speak, that he might not speak clearly. And if we're not careful, what we'll attempt to do, and the reason that sometimes simplicity isn't a hallmark of churches, is that we will simp- like we'll try to compensate for that. And so we'll make sure there's a lot of emotion, or there's a lot of theatrics, so there's a lot of something, so that you'll at a minimum you'll feel like maybe something happens. Right? Like that you'll leave feeling um, in, encouraged. Um, on the worst end, it's entertained. Right, It's distracted from what's actually going on. And so the, the heart of this is that we want to cut through that, and, and our, our desire would really be for you to show up to Redeemer on a Sunday and go, I met with the King of the Universe, or I very clearly did not and show up, I don't need to be there. Like We don't want you to be able to show up for three or four weeks and go, man, I've had a great time. I haven't met with God, or I'm not sure if I've met with God, but I've had a good time. Like, we want to, to cut through that as quickly as possible. Kind of a second issue with this, this is just not the distraction culture of church, but that as Americans, we view busyness as a virtue, and it's not, right? Like, that we view having our schedules packed as tight as possible as a really good thing. And so it's really easy for us to add too much into our day, too much into our week, and the church can mirror that, or the church can lead out in that sometimes. Um, that we want to to have things and we're not even asking the question of do they matter, right? We're just doing them. Because when people ask you, well, how are you? What's your typical response? Well, I'm super busy. And then people are like, oh, okay. Me too. And we just kind of leave it at that. And we're not even asking, does the busyness matter? Is it having the intended effect? Why are we busy? Why are we doing these things? And it's And and so I know that this is a struggle in my own heart every week, not to just throw activity and busyness into it. And so, if I ask the question this morning, when you think of church, what do you associate with it? Right? If you've grown up in church, if you remember going to church with grandma, like what is it that you associate with church? And I would imagine if we had a big whiteboard and we just started throwing phrases up here, right? We could fill it in a hurry of things that just felt like kind of half to have them for it to be church. And yet, ultimately, Scripture points us to very few things that we need in order to have church. And very few things that we have to fill our times with. And so what we want is to make sure that we are doing the things that we need to do to know God and to make Him known. And to use those tools, those programs, any of those things, as as the tools that they are and not to set up golden cows, right, that we can't put to death, that we can't lay down when they're no longer being successful. Um, and so, right, we're, we're, we're easy and comfortable in calling out the golden cows as long as it's not ours, right? The one that we have poured our time and energy and ministry and effort into. And so, again, the desire behind simplicity is this this morning, is that we want you to meet Jesus, right? That's, and so we're going to walk and look at this, and we want you to not just know Him, but to make Him known. Because remember the church in Ephesus in Revelation two, a church that was um, one of their elders was John, right? The the apostle. In Revelation two, the church is told, You have forgotten your first love. Like you, you're doing a lot of stuff, but you've forgotten your first love, you have forgotten Jesus. And would that never be said of us as as a church or as of us as individuals that we have forgotten our first love, that we have forgotten while we're gathering and while we're here in the first place? is we have been rescued by Jesus. And He is everything that we need. And so I want to begin by just reading a couple of psalms this morning. A couple of verses. And the first is out of Psalm 43, verse 4. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Right? like Just the simplicity of I'm, gonna, I'm going to God. Like why, why do we come? Because we're going to God who is what? My exceeding joy. Right? That we come this morning not for the trappings of, of Christendom. We come because Jesus is supposed to be our exceeding joy. The One who knows us and has rescued us. Who knows our failings and has yet redeemed us. That we come to the altar to worship Jesus, our exceeding joy. Another is Psalm one hundred seven, verse nine. Church, for He satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul. He fills with good things. Our desire this morning was that would, would that would be that that would be true. That when you arrive here, when you come, that it's to meet with God. For He satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul. He fills with good things. That we would come hungry and we would find ourselves satisfied. Not with consuming, not with entertainment, but with Jesus. For He is sufficient. And then one final one this morning. This is Psalm 16, verse 11. You, right God, You make known to me the path of life. In Your presence there is fullness of joy, at Your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So as we see this, like we come because he's our exceeding joy at his right hand, our pleasures forevermore, and he satisfies the hungry, right? As we have these thoughts and ideas swirling in our mind, the question that I would want to ask you this morning and every morning is, did that happen? Like When you show up for a service, did that happen? When you sit down in scripture in the morning or in the evening, or whenever you do a devotional, did that happen? When you go to a gospel community and meet with other believers, did that happen? Like, because we have nothing better to offer you, right? Like, church—I've um, heard—pastor is, is a really bad hobby. Like, Jesus either is our King and our Savior and our Rescuer, or we should go do something else with our time, right? Like, but he, because he is alive and he is faithful and he is ministering to us, that this morning we would come to be filled to be filled with Him. That our hunger will be satisfied by Jesus and that we would not be satisfied with cheap substitutes. And so, because of that, we desire to be simple and to pull away a lot of the trappings. Listen, this God is perfect. He's perfect and He set up a plan to rescue us from before the foundation of time. And at the right time, said, Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law, to rescue us. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He's gone to prepare a place for us. And He is coming back for His bride, the church. Like this is the God who we come this morning to know, to hear from, to worship, to make much of. To ask Him to continue to lift our chins to see more of His character and His nature of whom we will dive into for eternity and it will be an inexhaustible well. Right? We can enjoy Him for all time. We will not grow weary of that. And so our invitation in simplicity is this, come and behold Him. Not come and see how we do things. Not come and be entertained by us. Come and behold the living God. The living King, that is our heart's desire behind this, to give you simply Jesus. and to be reminded that his life itself was, was relatively simple, right? Like that he traveled right, from town to town, healing the sick, preaching the gospel, calling people to repentance, right? like bringing hope. And healing, like letting people see that the kingdom was near. The kingdom was at hand. And he did that until he was crucified. And then he beats sin and Satan in the grave. And he he walks out of that tomb. Right? And yet he's given us the same call. Let's be reminded this is Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Listen to what he, Jesus is going to do, right? What He did. To bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, and oil of gladness, instead of mourning, the garment of praise, instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. Like that He comes to make things right, to set things back the way they were intended to be. That when He speaks, things change. When He touches, things change. And that's what he, He came to do, and He just went and did it as He headed to the cross to redeem us once and for all for all time, and then has given us the same calling on our life, right? To reflect the image and the character of God until the day that Jesus splits the sky or calls us home, right? It, it, it's simple. It's just not easy, right? Like we can say this morning, we don't, we're not confused about what it is that Jesus did or what He's calling us to. We just realize because we live in a sin-scarred, sin scarred sin filled and broken world that it is not easy to do that we are prone to wander prone to forget so this morning as we kind of ponder this idea of simplicity that we would check our heart motivations like what do I, do I want Jesus like is he really enough for me is he really sufficient for me because if we're not careful we can kind of put ministry and spiritual things on top of Jesus and be really satisfied with those things, and kind of forget Him, and only offer lip service. Like, uh, Pastor Ray Orland says, "Ministry isn't everything. Like, there will be a day where ministry will cease to be. Jesus is everything. Jesus is eternal. And so, are we doing things? Or are we knowing and serving and following Jesus? Right. That this morning, that He would stir in our hearts." that it is easy for us to put on the trappings of Christendom and miss Jesus. We are created for relationship. Like, and so the call this morning is to enter in if you don't know Jesus. It's to know Him, to trust Him, to follow Him. And then it's to obey Him by making Him known to others. And so the first thing we wanted to look at this morning was simply this, is in simplicity, it's to treasure Jesus. But the second aspect of this is if we are treasuring, knowing, walking with Jesus, that the natural overflow of that is going to be that we're going to make Him known to others. And so that we want to to then walk in obedience. And so one of the things that you'll hear us say sometimes here is that we want obedience over activity. So listen, I've still got a um, couple littles at home. And there are pretty much every day I was going to say often it's every day I'll, I'll say something simple like hey put on your shoes because we're going to leave and we're actually going to go do something that you want to do like it's for you so put on your shoes so we can leave you know and then more than enough time to put on your shoes has gone by so you go to find the person who's trying to put on their shoes and they're in their room hey what so you don't have shoes on what are you, what are you doing I'm organizing my toys. Look at them. They're all lined up. Excellent, right? Like, that's not a bad thing, but it is not obedience in this moment. Like, what I wanted was for you to put on your shoes so that we could go do the thing that we need to go do. Here you are doing another activity that you think will please me, and I am far but pleased, right? Because we are trying to leave, and we're in a hurry. Put on your shoes. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, no, put on your shoes, right? Like that's, what you want is obedience. It's not busyness. It's not activity. It's not that they're just not watching TV, right? It's not that they're just not fighting. What you wanted was specific obedience to the call at hand. Church, Jesus has given us some things to obey. And if we're not careful We can be really busy with activity and not be very obedient. And the activity isn't sin, right? It's not bad stuff. It's just that we are not obeying what Jesus wants for us. So listen, if we're in a Bible study seven nights of a week and we never love our neighbor, does that please Jesus? Bible study is not a bad thing. We highly encourage Bible study. want you to do that. But not, at the, but not where we don't then obey Jesus to take the Word that's been given to us and make sure someone else has it. To love them and to know them. Right? And so there's, there, we're trying to balance these things. Of We don't want to just get busy so that we never check our hearts and our motivations. Are we pleasing, honoring, and obeying Jesus? We want obedience to Jesus, not to us, over activity. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul tells us that we're ambassadors, right? Like we are we are sent because Jesus was made sin. The one who had no sin was made sin to redeem us. And so that we are then sent as ambassadors of Him, right? Pointing people back, not to ourselves, not going, hey, look at Redeemer, look at me, look at us. It's look at Jesus. Like He is everything that your heart is crying out for, that hunger that you have. It's for Him and it's found in Him. We have found it and received it from Him, would you find it and receive it as well in Him? So that we are ambassadors on His behalf, pointing to His name and to His kingdom. Paul will also write, this is First 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Right? Like It's this super broad and yet super simple idea of, hey, so whatever you're doing, you're either honoring, trusting, and obeying Jesus, Or you're not and there's nothing in between whether you are simply eating a meal whether you're paying your bills whether you're having a conversation with your your neighbor, whether you're at work you're either trusting and obeying God in that moment by honoring Him in the way that you are handling yourself or you're sinning so Paul says whatever you do, do it for the glory of God what it does is it spiritualizes our entire life Right? It's not just that this morning, because you're here, that you're honoring God, and tomorrow at work, it's gray and indifferent. Right? Like, tomorrow at work, you will either honor God or you will dishonor Him. It'll be one or, one or the other. So we, we see that we can simply be making much of worshiping and glorifying God in whatever situation that we are currently in. In Acts chapter 1, as Jesus ascends to heaven... The disciples are standing there watching this, and they're like, okay, so what is it that we're to do? And he says, I want you to go tell people, okay, Jesus, how long? Until I come back. Right? He hasn't yet come back, and so the call is the same for us. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see the church. let's see what they're doing. This is verse 42 of Acts chapter 2. praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We, we don't see complex ministry here. We see simple ministry that the believers got together regularly, daily. They ate together. They prayed together. They listened to teaching. And then people just were being added to their number because they were being faithful and obedient to go and point others. They were being ambassadors of Jesus to the kingdom, right, so that people can know Him. And there was just this awe of like, hey, this this works, and God is being honored and glorified because He is worthy of worship. Like This is what we are called to do. And so ten years ago when we started Redeemer, the goal was, as much as we could, was to draw a straight line from Acts chapter 2 over 2,000 years, across cultures, into another nation, into another era, to say, can we can we look as much like this as possible? Can we be that simple that we would gather and that God would just do what God does? That He would save and that He would redeem and that He would mature and that He would rescue and that He would save marriages and that He would bring hope and that He would bring peace and that He would bring healing. That God still is doing it because He hasn't split the sky in return for us yet. And so that is our desire here is to to push away all the trappings that we can to simply be knowing God and making Him known. And so practically what that means is we're not going to offer a lot of activities and programs. There will be some occasionally. We want those to be deep and meaningful and rich. But mostly we want people to be available to know the folks in their world to be free to coach their kids' team and to know their neighbor and to have time to be hospitable and to have people over. Um, so before we planted Yemen, Carmen and I lived... We did not plant Yemen. We planted Redeemer. We lived in Yemen. So we lived in Yemen prior to planting Redeemer. And early on, we're trying to learn language. Very few Yemenis speak any English. Um, and so we're trying to learn Arabic which Carmen excelled at, and I did not. And one day, we're sitting off on a mountainside. Um, It's just myself and a Yemeni gentleman. And we're drinking little shots of tea. And we're looking out over the the mountain, over the city we're in. And I had used every word of Arabic I knew probably twice. wasn't a lot. And he had used his limited broken English every word. And we've now sat there for about ten to fifteen minutes of silence. Now listen, if I if I just stop talking and start staring at you now, it will not take long for one of you to make an awkward noise, right? Like just to break the tension of the silence. Right? Like someone laughed immediately, right? Because you just know that, right? Like if we just we we're good Americans, we don't do silence well. And I'm also thinking I could be doing something better with my time. And so after about 15 minutes, I go to get up. He goes, why are you leaving so quickly? Sit down, sit down. And I'm like, oh, you thought of some words that you can use. So I sit back down and we go back into silence. And like, you know when your skin just begins to crawl because it feels so awkward and uncomfortable? Like I'm, I'm clearly in that scene now. And I'm like, I, I, I have no words left to use. Like I cannot think of something else to say. And so I sit there, I make it another 10 minutes. And I go to get up, and he's like, why are you in a hurry? Do you have somewhere to go? Like, anywhere but here. Like, and he goes, sit down, sit down. So I sit down. And now I'm like, I'm just going, okay, how do I get out of here? And so I make it another 10 or 15 minutes. And so now it's been roughly 45 minutes of, like, agonizing quiet. And this time I'm like, it doesn't matter what he says. I am leaving. And I go to get up, and he goes, why is my presence not sufficient? And I was like, and I left. (laughs) Um, So um, I'd had enough at that point. But the question, like, hung with me, right? That was not the response you were expecting, right? I I told you nothing he said was going to keep me there. but but here was the question that what he was saying was yeah you don't have anything to say neither do I but we can be here together and it changed the way we spent our time in Yemen where it was now it's about being available it was about being with people and and then the the heart and the hope behind even this church family was people want people to be available we need to be family, and we need to be together, that we are with our neighbors, that we're with our family, that we're with um, our kids, that we're with our kids' friends' family, right? That we are available to the community, and that whether we are celebrating or mourning, whether we're doing our hobbies, then in everything we're doing, we can make much of Jesus, right? In everything, we can be glorifying God. And that people need the light of the kingdom exposing things in their life. And you don't have deep, rich, meaningful conversations usually over two-minute hellos in the driveway. It's over longer conversations and more time where you're asking yourself, is this worth it and is anything fruitful going to come from this? That The Spirit is stirring and working and moving. And so our belief is that we have you here all the time and those things can't happen. And so we want to be simple. We want to simply give you Jesus. And then we want to ha- have simple ministry here so that you can be out in your world pointing people to Jesus, being ambassadors on His behalf. Right? We have to fight against our desire to be busy. And when we're not, we feel tension. Right? That quietness that I was referring to, we feel that when we're not busy. Especially if we're not busy for Jesus. Because what it does is it causes us to be introspective. To ask, like, am I hearing from God and obeying? Am I giving Him enough time to speak, to direct me, or am I just going to do what I deem to be most important today or this week? In that, church, we want to be reminded that we simply have ordinary graces of how God speaks and moves to us. That He does it through His people, He does it through His Word, and He does it through His Spirit. And He speaks, and He moves, and He connects with us. And we, again, because we're Americans, right, we often, we want to find a new way to short circuit and short, like find a shortcut, right, with less effort to more of Jesus. Instead of just being faithful, we trust that He will speak to us through His Word that is alive, and His Spirit who is present, and His people who He has called us to be family together with. And He will be faithful to give us everything that we need for life and godliness. And then that we will view success not by numbers and not by approval, but by obedience and faithfulness of us, like all of us. So hopefully, what Sunday mornings and what gospel communities will come across as is not a polished performance, for you to consume, but as a dependent family that's trying to make much of Jesus together. Today and every day of the week, that we would be living out Acts chapter 2 in West Texas together for as long as the Lord has any of us here. right? That we would be faithful to that. One final verse. Listen to Galatians 2 verse 20. That this would be said of us, I've been crucified with Christ for I belong to Him. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Church, we want to simply be that people. This morning we would say, did God speak and move among us? That we would then go and live this way for the rest of the week until we come back together again to celebrate what God has and is and is going to do. And then to go back out on mission with the people in our world and in our lives. right? Pointing them as ambassadors to a faithful rescuing king. Let's pray. Father, you are you are enough, Lord, forgive us of the desire and the temptation god to to believe that we need something more than you god that, that you wouldn't be faithful to minister or meet with us. So Lord, even now as our hearts wrestle with, will You speak? Will You move? God, would You just show Yourself once again faithful? God, You owe us nothing and yet You give us everything. Father, help us to see in our lives where we are propping things up and being spiritually busy in order to not have to check our hearts. God, would You be willing as a church family to to Take away anything that is distracting people from more of You. And that we would believe that You are all that we need. God, and that we can be ambassadors for Your kingdom and Your name, for Your glory, to a world around us that's in desperate need of hope, of peace, of joy, of belonging. And all those things are found in, in the life the work, the death, and resurrection of You, Jesus. Would You be pleased with our worship this morning? And would we realize that we leave this place this morning as worshipers as well? In Jesus' name, Amen.